If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Prime Headlines is brought to you by Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. Live from our studios here in Kukumlimli in Accra, this is Joy News Prime. I am MFA Apau. In our headlines, this are EC chairperson accuses parliament of undermining EC's efforts at organizing credible elections due to its failure to pass new CI. The commission, we find it unfortunate that our efforts to strengthen the credibility and integrity of our voters register and by extension our elections by the introduction of the draft CI did not receive the support of parliament. We have details as the commission reluctantly proceeds to register new voters and organize district-level elections with the existing constitutional instrument. The Ghana Police Service this evening is also taking steps to revive public trust as it automates traffic fines to remove human interface. We'll get to hear from the driver unions who doubt the implementation process. Also, task force of the Accra Metropolitan Assembly detained ECG officers for disconnecting power at their facility. We have prime business at the top of the hour with Beverly and be prepared to pay more for your gas as LPG marketers fear prices could be increased by end of this month due to current developments on the world market. Uh, the next window which begins at the end of uh, this month and the 1st of September, we are likely to see another increment in the price of the object. Mm. And, and, and that, is, that is quite uh, bad for consumers. Razak Musbal, what's in sports? Well, Ghana, President of Ghana Athletics, Bal Fusseini, advocates $500,000 annual funding for athletes to guarantee medals at Olympic Games. He said it earlier in the year that if we get between $500,000 in a year for the next 60 years, we are going to bring a medal. Our athletes have just, are just there. What they need is financial support. Joining Prime is available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all social media platforms. Also, particularly on myjoyonline.com, we are on DSTV Channel 421. Go TV is 125. We are Joy News, your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Please. Stay on for details. Join News Prime Headlines was brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir.
Thanks so much for your company once again. Let's dig in now. An electoral commission says Parliament is undermining its efforts at having a credible voters register to organise national elections in the country for more than a year. The electoral commission has failed to convince MPs to approve a new constitutional instrument which outlaws the use of the guarantor system to register as a voter. In its place, the electoral commission proposed to use the Ghana card as a sole identity document to register as a voter. While in a rare bipartisan mode, both NPP and NDC MPs rejected this proposal recommending to the EC to maintain the guarantor system, a position the EC disagrees with maintaining its draft CI. Kwekwasante has more in the following report. The Electoral Commission has been struggling to secure parliamentary support to change the existing constitutional instrument, but has failed. The new CI, if it becomes law, will make the Ghana card the sole identity document to register as a voter in Ghana. This will outlaw the guarantor system, which Jin Mensah explains is fraught with so many challenges. As a commission that is determined to conduct credible, transparent, fair and peaceful elections, we were keen to establish and uphold the integrity of the foundational document, which is the voters' register. Hence, our proposal to use a Ghana card as a sole document for identification of a person's citizenship, as well as age. Our experience from the 2020 registration exercise, ladies and gentlemen, showed that several minors and foreigners using the window of the guarantor system found their way onto our rule. During the registration, some 40,000 minors and foreigners were challenged and we managed to expunge some 15,000 minors and foreigners from the register. The question we asked ourselves is why should we continue to use the guarantor system which opens the door to corrupt and illegal practices and undermines the credibility of our register. The EC chairperson, Madame Jin Mensah, is worried Parliament is not doing enough to support its effort at organizing credible elections. As a commission, we find it unfortunate that our efforts to strengthen the credibility and integrity of our voters' register and by extension our elections by the introduction of the draft CEI, did not receive the support of Parliament. Members of Parliament were of the view that the NIA should fully operationalize its mandate before the CEI could be considered. Sadly, as we all know, the NIA has not fully commenced its operations nationwide due to a lack of resources. That leaves us with no option than to rely on the current CI with its inherent challenges to conduct a voters registration exercise until such time as the NIA would become fully operational. However, the commission says it is not backing down and will not amend the proposed CI to include the guarantor system. The Electoral Commission has also announced modalities for voter registration exercise, which is scheduled for Tuesday, 12 September, up to Monday, 2nd October, in all its district offices nationwide. The district-level election will also be held on the 19th of December this year. Draft CI that is before Parliament, we are not, we do not intend to put back the guarantor system because we do not believe that the guarantor system has augured well for us. 30 years ago, when we took this journey 
and we did not have you know, a Ghana card. It was only proper that we adopt a system that would ensure that people who didn't have any documentation could come on board. 30 years on as an evolving democracy, we now have the Ghana card and we are saying that we must rely on it by the very laws that Parliament made. That is the LI 2111. And it's the surest way of ensuring or guaranteeing the integrity of our register. What and who we are preventing are foreigners and minors, and they do not qualify. And so we intend to maintain the draft CI. Kikua Sante for Joy News. Well, on to some other stories now, and a scene of chaos erupted earlier Thursday at the premises of the Accra Metropolitan Assembly. The confusion ensued as officials from the electricity company of Ghana attempted to disconnect the facility from the national grid due to unpaid bills. The AMA's task force team swiftly intervened, resisting the disconnection and temporarily detaining the ECG officials. My colleague Samuel Mbura witnessed the situation. He joins us on, on phone uh, with details of this particular story. So Mbura, uh, walk us through what exactly happened between the ECG and the AMA task force. So the officials from the electricity company of Ghana were on their routine checks. And when they got to the AMA, the information I have is that the AMA owns about uh, over 300,000 Ghana cities that must have been paid to the ECG. So the officials went directly to the meter to the um, the main, I mean, the whole I mean, facility of the Accredited Metropolitan Assembly, removed their fuse, and then the light went out. The tax force moved in uh, towards the direction of the, um, the ECG officials and asked them to fix it back, but that resulted in a scuffle a back and forth between them uh, that generated um, a crowd in the, uh, at the premises of the AMA. Um, so the ECG were insisting that the AMA hasn't paid its debt and reason they have to disconnect them from the national grid. So it was a back and forth. Eventually, the AMA task force had to stop the gate um, to prevent the EC officials from driving out. Um, it took the intervention of the military, uh, some four military officers who arrived at the premises uh, to calm the tensions. At the time I was there, they gave me strict, um, I mean, instructions, not any, uh, I mean, any visuals of them or any of the incident happening, but the videos calling now were taken much earlier before they discovered that I was around. So it was actually a, a tense atmosphere there, and eventually the EC officials, um, Eventually, uh, they had a, I mean, they, they had their way and disconnected the electricity, took off the, the fuse to the facility. Uh, so the AMA officers had no option than to uh, use the, the power plant. So the officers told me that they wouldn't speak to me on record, but the coordinating director confirmed to me that they owe about 300,000 Ghana cities. Um, they've made some payments. It's, it's just a process that hasn't... Um, have not reflected at the offices of the ECG. A reason they are having those uh, challenges. So I, I was not actually giving the audience either from the ECG side or the AMA. So I had to eventually uh, leave the place. By the time I was living there, they were using their plans to supply power to the Accra Metropolitan Assembly while the uh, Ghana Armed Forces uh, was in conversation with the EC and then the AMA officials.
Okay. Well, that's uh, my colleague Samuel Mbura there giving us detail of that earlier scaffold between the Electricity Company of Ghana, ECG, and then, of course, the Accra Metropolitan Assembly. Well, he's also been witnessing the automating of all road traffic fines in an attempt to remove the human interface, contributing to the reported cases of extortion of drivers by police officers. The technology dubbed Traffic Tech GH will capture videos and pictures of drivers flouting road traffic regulations and send offences via SMS. Defaulters have 14 days allowable time to pay their fines or attract a penalty of 1% each day afterwards. And uh, my colleague Emmanuel Mbula once again was at the launch of this project and reports. Amendments to the 2012 road traffic regulations of LI-2180 grant offenders the legal right to challenge their violations. However, to exercise this right, they must pay the fine within 14 days from the issuance date. COP Francis E. Doku, Director General of the Motor Traffic and Transport Department of the Ghana Police Service, emphasized that this initiative aims not only to instill discipline but also curtail alleged extortion cases involving officers. Oh, well, uh, I cannot put my finger on the board, but I can tell you that we want to look at a three month sensitization. And then we start a piloting and see how it goes. So let me find out from you, would this build a trust between the public and the Ghana Police Service? Yeah, you see, digitization has come to stay, whether we like it or not. And once there is digitization, the issue of interface, human interface, is taking off. And so the police will now be deployed for other equally important duties. And do you think this one will reduce the reported cases of um, alleged extortion from drivers? Uh, my brother, if there is no interface, it's, there is no human interface. Of course, this uh, alleged corrupt practices will be eliminated. Driver unions have expressed endorsement, yet their focus lies on the practical implementation of the project. David Aguado speaks for the commercial transport operators. I'm very glad about this news because we are all, the whole world is transform, transforming and we cannot be left behind. If they are going digital, I think it's okay. But you see, I, on my first question that I asked on the floor, that DVLA says they are going digital. And since DVLA says they are going digital, it's 2017, till so now we didn't see anything digital about uh, DVLA. If um, uh, the police or the traffic tech Ghana is going to work, me, I'll be very happy, because it's not going to leave out we, the commercial drivers, neither the private drivers, neither the politicians, everybody will be involved. But addressing these concerns, David Safwadontin, who is the acting director general of the National Road Safety Authority, assured that preparations are in place for a smooth execution of the project. For example, we are now talking to the Department of Urban Roads to map up a strategy to see which ones we can strategically uh, mount the cameras on and see how we can ensure constant flow of power or servicing or maintenance. So whatever the challenges are, the Ghana Police Service through this project are going to go into very strong collaboration and partnership, identify the critical problems that result in more functioning of some of these traffic lights and fix them. We can do it. And so it's just the beginning. We have the next six months to roll out this project, and I believe this period will give us enough time to be able to address all the gaps and challenges that we see uh, coming up. Meanwhile, 
the Traffic Tech GH project, which is under the Police Invisible Eyes Are Watching initiative, is set to undergo a pilot phase in Accra and Tema before its nationwide rollout. Reporting for Joy News, Samuel Mbura, Accra. Now, the Economic Community of West African States, ECOWAS, says it is prepared to face off with coup leaders and other any other forces which may be giving backing to the military junta in Niger. Leaders from the sub-regional body after a summit in Abuja last week activated a standby force that will move into Niger and to reinstate the deposed president, Mohamed Bazoum. Well, there are fears the situation may escalate into a full-blown war as Mali and Burkina Faso, which are all under military rulers, have vowed to fight against any ECOWAS intervention. Speaking on the sidelines of a meeting of security chiefs underway at Burma Camp, Commissioner for Political Affairs, Peace and Security Ambassador Fatou Musa said the sub-regional body has a unity of purpose in moving its troops to intervene and to restore constitutional order in Niger. Blessed Suga has a wrap of day one of a meeting by these West African chiefs of defense staff. The first uh, phase of the engagements uh, have, have actually uh, wrapped up here uh, at Burma Camp. And uh, we know that, of course, the essence of the meeting today is to have all of the military chiefs, all of the chiefs of defense from West African countries uh, converge here to d- discuss the decision uh, which is borders on the deployment of a military uh, troop into the Republic of Niger. The, the whole idea is to ensure that there is the reinstatement of President Mohamed Bazoum and also constitutional order is restored um, to the Republic of Niger. And the background to it is that uh, the Republic of Niger experienced a coup d'etat at the end, just at the tail end of last month, uh, a reason for which uh, we have uh, all of these meetings happening. Now, the last meeting or summit of the ECOWAS leaders uh, actually happened in Abuja. Now, after that meeting, the heads of states actually decided uh, to operationalize, or if, if we could use that word, activate an ECOWAS standby force. That, that was the basic decision of the leaders of the West Africa subregion. Subsequent to that, uh, we know that ECOWAS formed a committee of chiefs of defense staff who will now look at the operational methods that will be used by the sub-regional body in terms of the deployment methods, what should be done and how that can be approached from a technical point of view. It's the reason for which we are at Burma Camp today. Uh, you, we saw the likes of the Defence Minister, Dominic Nitiu. Uh, we had uh, the Chief of Defence Staff for the Committee of West African States, uh, the uh, Chief of Defence Staff for the Republic of Nigeria, joining uh, the meeting which, which, which is underway here at uh, Burma Camp. I mean, you could see determination. You could see unity of purpose among our uh, military chiefs, the chiefs of defense staff, all very determined, you know, and they are just putting the final touches to their operational plans and then get our troops ready. This is more or less a bit like a a pledging, uh, what is the meeting, because the concept of operation is already ready, it's ready. Uh, All the Factors have been taken into account. What are the potential obstacles? How to overcome them? All these were taken into account in the planning session. Right. right. So this meeting is just to, you know, refine uh, what we have while preparing for possible intervention. And uh, my interaction with the chiefs of defense staff, of course, of all the members that are here, you know, was that they are all determined. You determined know, to go. Determined and the question to- is when? 
not when I'm not going to tell you because that's a that's no I'm not because that's an operational secret. When you tell them we are going to start marching tomorrow, then you give them uh, advance notice, you know, to defend. You know, so we know when the military could go in, uh -huh. and up till now, there are diplomatic overtures from ECOWAS, from other uh, what is it? Um, uh, willing partners and others. We are giving diplomacy maximum opportunity, you know, to succeed. What we are saying is that if that fails, there is this other option. You know, and this is what we are doing, and we are not letting off, uh, despite the fake news and then the misinformation. And I believe the fake news you're talking about is the fact that you do not have African Union support and the support from uh, the United Nations, correct? That is all, uh, with African Union, that is also fake news. Has anybody read the communique of the African Union Peace and Security Council? I was there, participated, you know, in it. What you are hearing... Yeah, of course, when you have a situation like this, you are going to have different opinions. What matters is what comes out of the communique. So everybody should wait for the communique. And then you realize that uh, the African Union Peace and Security Council supports all the measures being taken by uh, ECOWAS to restore constitutional order. They've condemned it, and many of them are even calling for the suspension of Niger. Ambassador Fatou, are you mindful of the possible implication for the cyber region? Mali, Burkina Faso have said that they would, you know, support the Nigerian junta if you decide to go in. Are you mindful that of a possibility of a full-blown war? We are very mindful of that. And in the planning phase, all these factors were taken into account. I can tell you confidently, you know, that uh, these... Uh, ECOWAS standby for troops are ready to take on all comers. This is what I will tell you. And that uh, the threats or whatever by Burkina Faso, Mali have all been taken on board. Meanwhile, Ghana's Defense Minister Dominic Netiwal is urging the ECOWAS Chiefs of Defense to remain loyal to their presidents and the sub-regional body on the decision of the deployment of forces. If presidential guards in Guinea and Niger, I will use the word take hostage their president, nobody, and let me repeat, nobody in West Africa is safe. That is why I urge you to continue to be loyal to your heads of states. I urge you to continue to be loyal to ECOWAS directives and to give effect that the days that coup d'etat enjoy the support of our people are over. Yes, in democracy, people will agree to disagree. But the vast majority of our people, you, the vast majority of our people in West Africa do not want to be under the difficulties that we are facing today. You have the right, as men in uniform, to ask your governments 
for what you will need to be able to defend your nations. You have the right to ask your governments to give you the tools to defend the territorial integrities of your nations to ensure that your nations remain peaceful. You have the right to ensure that your people choose your leaders in a free and fair manner. But the world will disagree. ECOWAS will disagree. The people of ECOWAS will disagree when you choose or people under you choose to take hostage the people that your constitution give power to. Away from the Defence Minister, Dominic Nitti will remember also that that meeting continues tomorrow. But in this related developments, the Forum of Kings and Traditional Leaders of Africa have called for an immediate end to the instability in Niger. Addressing the press in Aplau, President of the Forum, Tobiga Ajonugaga Amenyafiti V, cautioned ECOWAS to avoid taking a hasty decision for military intervention. Ivy Setoji has the rest of the story. At a press conference by his royal... Majesty Tobiga Ajenugaga Menyofiti, the fifth, who is also the Daho, paramount king of the Afro traditional area. He noted that there is a need for Africans to be united for a common purpose, devoid of all forms of political crisis like could, wars, and other negative activities. His Royal Highness Tobiga Fiti noted that the recent coup has really shaken the very foundation of the democratic principles and threatened the stability and progress of the African continent. He noted that the African kings and traditional leaders are very worried about the situation and have been deliberating on what exactly to do in their little ways to help in bringing some sort of peace to Niger. The foundation of our democratic principle and threatening the stability and progress of our great continent in the context of the AU Agenda 2026, and I quote, the Africa we want, unquote, and the ongoing preparation for implementation of the African Continent Free Trade Agreement, AFCTA. In addressing these critical issues, the forum records and appreciates a, the historical commitment of traditional leaders in fostering dialogue and, medi and mediation for peaceful conflict resolution within and among their communities and today's na nation states of Africa. The current political situation in Niger, coupled with the existence a private environment in the Sahel region has the potential to undermine the democratic governance and instability and total, and total anarchy in West Africa. Toby Fiti recounted the incident in Libya and Liberia some years ago and the negative effects it had on the two countries and has therefore urged African leaders to learn from the past and let 
Greenpeace prevail. Interference in uh, uh, Libya after killing of uh, Gaddafi and destroying property and lives. Today, what do we have in what in Libya to boast for? It's not just a matter of interference. We are saying that it's not it's not just a matter of interference. We should count the loss after the interference. If it's better, then we should go away. After the NATO's interference in Liberia, I'm saying we should count the cost. And the, the Libya's better off today than the errors of Gaddafi? Are we to sacrifice the lives of the engineers? Their properties and everything just because of Kutita. We should consider what the experience in Cote d'Ivoire, Babo and Ouattara. Many lives were lost. Well, away from that, former Minister for Sanitation and Water Resources, Cecilia Abunadapa, is fighting off claims that the property found in her house and the cash in her bank accounts are tainted properties. She says the Office of the Special Prosecutor is in a flagrant breach of its own enabling law and is merely seeking to perpetrate an arbitrary exercise based on nothing more than suspicion fraud by misrepresentation and media frenzy. The OSB is in court seeking to confirm the freezing of Madame Cecilia Dapa's account and also seizure of properties found in her home. Richard Kojunyako is with our legal desk. Here's more. The court was a virtual one as lawyers for the OSP and that of the former minister. Cecilia Abnadapa joined the meeting virtually to make the argument on the application filed by the OSP seeking to confirm the freezing of the account of Madame Cecilia Dapa and also the seizure of the properties found in her matrimonial home. The OSP contends that the move is to facilitate its investigations on corruption and corruption-related offences. According to the OSP, Madame Cecilia Dapa has several homes and the fact also reveals the ownership of the amount of money found in her home and her account remain in dispute and the sources and origins of the money also remain highly doubtful. Hence, the OSP triggered its investigative powers. The OSP also says on the 24th of July, 2023, his office upon a search conducted at the, at the residence of the former minister led to the discovery of huge sums of money stacked in the house consisting of an amount of $590,000 and 2.7 million Ghana cities. This was after the OSP says it initiated investigations into suspected corruption against Madame Cecilia Dapa following information arising from the criminal case. The OSP prayed the court to grant the application to confirm the seizure and the freezing of the properties of the former minister. The OSP, however, did not mention the amount of money standing to the credit of the former minister in the banks. Lawyer for the former minister, Victoria Bad, opposed the application, 
She submitted that the application before the court has been brought in contravention of the very statutory provisions that the OSP purports to rely on in invoking the jurisdiction of the court. She indicated that the fact that the sums of money were found in Madame Dapa's matrimonial home is not enough ground to suspect or imply that those sums of money are tainted property. Likewise, she says there is no basis to suspect that the monies in Madame Dapa's account are tainted property, especially when banks are routinely required on a daily basis to report suspicious transactions. And thus, the assertion that the OSP needs to freeze the account to facilitate investigations is unjustified, since every information he requires in the alleged suspicion of tainted property will be contained in the bank statement. For her, the application has been brought in flagrant breach of the OSP's own enabling legislation and seeks to perpetrate an arbitrary exercise of powers based on nothing more than suspicion fueled by misrepresentation of fact and resultant media frenzy and that the court should resist the temptation to be enmeshed in illegality. It was also revealed in court by the OSP that both the former minister and the husband were placed under arrest and granted bail. In fact, the court has adjourned its ruling to the 31st of August for determination of this case. Reporting from the court complex, my name is Richard Kujenyakun for Joy News. Let's take a quick break here on Joy News Prime. We'll return with more. Please do stay with us. My name is Tina. I am a person living with HIV. I got to know my HIV status after I gave birth and lost the child because of HIV. In those days, prevention of mother-to-child transmission services had low patronage due to fear and stigmatization. Today, many HIV-positive women have delivered negative children. I follow the guidelines and take my HIV medicine called ARVs every day as prescribed by my doctor. This makes me strong and healthy and also prevents me from passing HIV onto any future child. Please, avail yourself for PMTCT services when pregnant. It is the only way to ensure you do not pass the HIV onto your baby during birth or pregnancy. If you have tested for HIV recently and it was negative, test again when pregnant. If you have tested positive, go to the hospital after birth as directed by your healthcare provider. Your baby will be given medicine immediately and tested to ensure baby and mother are well. Let us work together to have an HIV-free generation. Our children must be free to shine. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual food. 
you and your husband. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthometer and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. It feels like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school. Mainly because we feel that we are young and we don't have the resources and the guts to be one. But if you believe in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur, then you already are. Staying ahead in a highly competitive environment requires applying creativity and innovation to every aspect of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur. Presently, entrepreneurship is driven by creativity and innovation to attain business objectives. The explosion in technology, business, entrepreneurship and consumption in this new era is as a result of the ongoing application of innovation. Milton Bell once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. So, if you are ready to be an entrepreneur, Heritage Christian College is ready for you. Heritage Christian College moves you from a wantrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need job better with Ecobank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store. All the apps store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. When you're little, days are extremely busy. Work. Traffic jams. Meetings. Conference calls. Luckily, our mom is here to take good care of us with day-by-day -day baby and day-by-day -day kids and their naturally active ingredients. Our skin is hydrated, soothed, and protected all day long. Yes, hold. Daddy? Daddy? <sighs> this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow! Has a working tortoise on it. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I can see S I N T E X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil. That's not true. But why? Hey! 
<laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? There are days when you think, whoa, today I've earned it. So order a global. Days when plants run longer. What if we order a global? Or days when you can't control everything? Oh yes, because on global, you can order anything you want. Global, you order with the... Kwajo, why are you late? Yes, Kwajo, why are you late again? Kwajo... Can't you talk? See, mommy, I could lie like Amma. And say I was doing my homework with my friends. Or lie like Emma and say I was helping Grandma buy food. Mommy, I will not lie like Emma. I was playing with my friends. And that is why I'm late. Homework now. Thank you for not lying to me. Your Calipo is in the fridge. Calipo, the natural fruit juice drink. Of oh, you know that drink. This advert is FDA approved. A caprenu, a ya, a nutrient too for say a bibber o tadia, tadia, unsan cotonu imperu, name canfu, SCP, amount, SCP, a what, tema shahel, a whole of factory casino, a si, a dinape, pavement blocks, boss and casancasa, and a dear dissident piano, oko shahera, SCP, a bemobi. So person will soon die, now put on good concrete. And you have to go to cement, you have to go to the pavement. Ufre SCP. Card concrete, you are messing the with quality. Cement is warm. On the bed, good camera amount. So what am I? A fiena, dodoa, a flower, bong. Any important one in the nara. Your office. I was Princess Road. You have a papaya restaurant. You need to be ready. For SCP was zero five zero one six seven two six zero eight. And our toll free number zero eight hundred six two six two six two. Betway is your gateway to a theme park full of gaming excitement, a whirlpool of wonder where your favorite games come to life, where you can take to the skies. With max payouts that reach into the millions. All in the palm of your hand. Visit betway.com.gh. Terms and conditions apply. Betway is regulated by the Gaming Commission of Ghana. No under 18. Bet responsibly. Betway. Bet your way. My name is John. And this is my long time crush. My cookie dipped in strawberry yogurt. <laughs> On this scorching hot afternoon on our way back from a long job hunt, we met this good Samaritan who offered us a ride. Six weeks later. Big night to Shanae, a special wedding reception for her bride and groom. And there she is, my cookie, dipped in someone else's yogurt. Don't be like John, who holds the mula, calls the shot. Play game by games, the easiest lottery to play and win. 
Pick four numbers from zero to nine up to three times daily to become one of our daily lucky winners. Dial star nine four six hash to play now. Or you can also play online at www.gameparkgames.com. Game Park is regulated by the National Lottery Authority. Everybody's looking good, displaying their art, beautiful art everywhere. Um, this is my fifth year coming in a row. So I'm here every August for the festival. It's been amazing being with my black people all day, every day. It's been great. It's not fun yet. There are a lot of art things to do. So I personally love it. And I love the artworks. I love Chalote 2022. It's fantastic. This year's experience is, uh, is marvelous. It's amazing. It's a really festival, y'all. You ought to be here. The paintings, the people, the Ghanaians were awesome. Everyone, when you're in Ghana, around the same time, make sure you check it out. It's really happening. This is Joy News Prime Live, also on myjoyonline.com and all our social media platforms live on DSTV channel 421 and GoTV is 125. Here on Joy News Prime this evening, we bring you a special and exclusive with the Chief of Staff of Divorce President, um, Mohamed Bazoum, and uh, joining us live uh, with my colleague, Head of Legal, Head of um, the Special Relations Desk, I should say Diplomatic Affairs and International Relations Desk, Blessed Suga, uh, joins us with him, his Jibu. Takubakoyi, Dauda, and of course, Winston Amwa will be on standby also to bring us translation of that of that interview because he'll be speaking French. Blessed, if you can hear me, you can take it away.
Well, uh, MFA, um, just um, from the start of today, uh, we pointed out to you that the Economic Community of West African States, ECOWAS, uh, and their defense uh, chiefs have been holding a meeting at the uh, national headquarters of the military. That's Burma Camp uh, today, which we brought to you live on the Joy News channel. And uh, today happens to be day one. We're expecting that the activities will wrap up by tomorrow. And it's got to do with the um, security situations happening in the West Africa sub-region. Uh, the decision by the group of West African leaders under the protocol of ECOWAS is to activate a standby force which will be deployed into the Republic of Niger. Now, that's because uh, a military uh, junta there decided to depose the democratically elected President Mohamed Bazoum. Um, as we speak, uh, the ECOWAS leaders want a solution to the matter, but the junta would not dialogue on the matter, and we know that that issue keeps unfolding. We're fortunate uh, to have one man who was close to President Mohamed Bazoum. He was chief of staff at the time President Mohamed Bazoum was in office. Uh, fortunately, he's been able to run for his life, escaped into the Republic of Ghana, and will be joining, uh, hopefully, the military chiefs to brief them uh, on the engagements that will uh, be going uh, to you know, uh, unfold at uh, Burma Camp, the military headquarters, from tomorrow when we get a briefing from the sub-regional body. Uh, Jibu Daouda was the former chief of staff and the right-hand man of President uh, Mohamed Bazoum. At the time he was in office, he was, in fact, in the country when the coup d'etat happened, uh, but made uh, found a way uh, of escaping and made his way right here into Ghana. So we're about to interact with him. Obviously, Niger is a French-speaking country, uh, so you'd have to accommodate his French. And then, of course, uh, we'll get to uh, give you some translation of uh, some of the key issues uh, that are at stake here. Chibu Dauda, you're live on the Join News channel. The nation is listening to you right now. Um, I don't need to ask you how you're doing, because obviously things are not too well for you uh, and the Nigerian public. But let's start off with how you made it into Ghana. What was your story? How did you leave Niger, even when the coup happened, when you were in that country? How did you run for your life and, and, and to make it right into the Republic of Ghana? Uh, thank you for... Uh, thank you for everything. But before answering your question, yeah. I want to correct something. Right. I'm not the former chief of staff and the chief of staff of the president of the Republic of Niger. You don't accept that Mohamed, you've been deposed? Mohamed Bazoum, who is still the elected president of Niger, then is not the former president. He is the president of the Republic of Niger, the elected one. This uh, attempt to, to depose him yes. is still ongoing and it will finish in uh, two So you don't even accept days. that you've been deposed? No. Bazoum is still the president of the Republic of Niger, recognized by all the countries in the world, except, of course, Mali and Burkina Faso, that are in the, the same situation. But you can't go back home now because your president is no more. There's a new prime minister, there's a new cabinet. Il n'y a pas de premier ministre, il n'y a pas de nouveau cabinet. Tout ça est nul et de nul effet. Euh, le président Mohamed Bazoum est le président de la République du Niger 
est le seul président de la République du Niger reconnu par tous. Mm. Uh, so what he's trying to say, and for those of you who may not understand, understand they do not accept uh, being the former chief of staff. Mm. He does not, first of all, accept that there's a new cabinet. He does not accept mm. that there's a new president. He does not accept uh, that there's a new leader mm. of the Nigerian people. All he accepts right now mm. is the fact that there is only one president in the Republic of Niger, yeah. and that is President Mohamed Bazoum, who was democratically elected. Now, I'm going to ask you about President Mohamed mm. Bazoum, because I need to ask you how he's doing right now, how he's faring. After the coup d'etat happened, you were there trying to fight back. Mm. It didn't work, so you left, but he's being detained now. Mm. How is he feeling now as we speak? Uh, the President of the Republic va très bien. Il a le moral très haut. Uh, et il est prêt à se battre pour la démocratie, pour la liberté, pour la justice au Niger. Donc le président de la République va très bien, il a le moral très très haut. Certes, les conditions de vie euh, sont déplorables parce que depuis l'événement du 26 juillet, la jeune euh, a mis tout en œuvre pour le démoraliser, euh, pour le faire ramener à un état réduit. Mais c'est sans compter sur sa force morale donc le président de la ville va très bien. Okay, so basically he's making the point that when you talk about President Mohamed Bassoum, he's in high spirit, good spirit. Um, in fact, morally, his morale is high. He's not down or, you know, um, dampened. His spirit is not dampened by the fact that there's a new military junta that is controlling the country. Except to say that he's been detained. And naturally, when you're detained, your rights are restricted. You do not have the right to move. You do not have the right to make certain uh, natural, you know, adjustments, which he would have done um, when he was head of state. So that is the only confinement in which he finds himself, except to say that he's still believes that he's the president of the republic mm -hmm. and is in good spirit. I guess that's the, po the, the yeah, import of what you, the point you're making. Point. Now, you're saying that he's in good health. If he's in good health and he's in a high morale, he's been deposed by the military junta. And we've seen the military junta mm -hmm. receiving a lot of support. I don't know if it's just my impression, mm -hmm. but he, they, are, they seem to be receiving a lot of uh, support. You, you take a look at when the coup happened, they staged a rally at a stadium. Mm -hmm. And in that stadium, lots of people filling up the stadium to capacity. It does suggest that there's just something right with this coup d'etat and the military regime that is controlling. People appear to be supporting them. Is that not the case? Sur ça, ce que je veux vous dire, d'abord, sachez que dans des situations comme ça, c'est toujours le populisme qui prend le dessus sur tout ce qui est rationnel. Alors, donc, la jeune nigérienne n'a pas fait exception. Quand il y a eu le coup d'État, la vraie manifestation s'est tenue le premier jour du coup d'État. Il y avait eu une manifestation spontanée. Moi, j'étais dans la manifestation, j'avais conduit cette manifestation. C'était des milliers et des milliers de Nigériens qui étaient sortis pour dire non au coup d'État. Ils ont tiré à barre réelle sur les gens. Quatre personnes étaient sévèrement blessées. C'est ce qui a démotivé les gens ce jour-là. Après, eux-mêmes, pour se donner bonne conscience, ils ont organisé un simulacre de manifestation où ils ont pris toutes les nouvelles recrues des, des militaires, les nouveau, nouvellement recrues, et leurs familles qu'ils ont habillées en t-shirt. Certains d'ailleurs n'ont pas eu le temps de, de se déshabiller, d'enlever leurs habits militaires pour mettre leurs habits civils quand ils sont venus à la manifestation. 
Et si vous regardez, quand ils ont attaqué l'ambassade de France, celui qui a été blessé au pied, que vous voyez dans les manifestations qu'on avait prises, c'est un colonel major de l'armée. Donc, les manifestants ne sont pas des gens, euh, des civils qui sont contents, euh, la plupart qui sont contents euh, du régime militaire. Pourquoi vous dites ça Pourquoi ça Parce que c'est ce que je veux de vous dire. La plupart des manifestants, quand vous regardez même à la télévision, ils ont encore le treillis militaire, le t-shirt militaire. Et celui qui a été blessé à l'ambassade de France le jour où ils ont fait la grande manifestation, parce que le, euh, la riposte a fait que les gens étaient obligés de tirer des gaz lacrymogènes sur eux, il y a un qui était blessé au pied, c'était un colonel major de l'armée. Donc ça veut dire que la plupart des manifestants, ce sont des éléments, les nouvelles recrues de l'armée qu'ils ont fait sortir. Ça c'est un premier point. Le deuxième point, sachez que le Niger compte huit régions. Parmi les huit régions, c'est uniquement Niamey où il y a eu des manifestants. Dans toutes les capitales, c'est l'opposition qui est forte en Afrique. Principalement au Niger, l'opposition est très forte à Niamey. Donc ils ont fait sortir les militants de l'opposition. Le parti politique de l'opposition, du leader Hama Amadou qui est à Paris actuellement, il a écrit une lettre pour demander à ces gens de sortir pour soutenir la manifestation. Donc voilà la manifestation de Niamey. Mais quand vous regardez les, les médias, quand vous regardez les télévisions, vous voyez que dans tous les pays, dans toutes les autres régions, nos gens ont manifesté, y compris à Niamey, où ils ont été okay. tirés so, à Paris. Donc, so, so, so basically, le point que uh, le former chef de staff est making is that uh, we should disregard what is happening uh, on the televisions as we see it, and also making the point uh, that uh, what we have is that the military is just inviting people to create the impression as, as though they have legitimacy, but they do not have legitimacy based on what we're seeing on the screens, and that they are just bringing their cronies and bringing people who align with them to fill the stadium. So we shouldn't believe what we're seeing on the television. Beyond that, the second point is that Niamey is the smallest region out of the eight regions that we have in the Republic of Niger. Except to say that when you take a, a look at all, the, all of the regions in the Republic of Niger, Niamey is the smallest, although it is the capital. Mm -hmm. Now that side has a lot of support from the opposition political parties, and we had leading figures of the opposition political parties that incited the public against uh, President Mohamed Bazoum, a reason for which it is creating the impression as though nationally there is support for the military, except to say that in the capital, as we speak, they do not have support or legitimacy. So that's the point you're yeah. making. Mm -hmm. Now ECOWAS says that they want to go in and to intervene in this uh, military regime or coup d'etat that we, we've seen uh, in the Republic of Niger. There is a question as to whether or not you believe in that intervention. Lots of criticisms against the decision to intervene. Do you support that move as, you know, someone who's worked closely with President Mohamed Bazoum? Do you feel that force is the way to do this by ECOWAS deploying a force to deal with this. Merci pour cette question. Déjà, la première chose que je vais vous dire, la CDAO a pris ces mesures pas de gaieté de cœur. Et c'est des mesures légitimes et légales. La CDAO, dans sa constitution, dans ses statuts et ses règlements, 
prévoit l'usage de la force en cas de euh, renversement d'un régime démocratiquement élu. Donc la CDAO a bien euh, et dans son rôle en imposant des sanctions contre euh, la junte et aussi en brandissant le, la menace d'utilisation de la force. Ce qui est tout à fait normal parce que, euh, comme je le disais, ça fait partie des statuts. Aujourd'hui, si la junte abandonne son projet de prendre le pouvoir par la force, la CDAO va abandonner euh, toutes les sanctions et la force ne sera pas utilisée. Mais comme vous le constatez, ici, mais comme vous le constatez ici, euh, la CDAO est prête à intervenir et ce n'est pas de la blague. Ceux qui doutent, je crois qu'à partir de cet instant, doivent arrêter de douter et savoir que la CDAO est très sérieuse et que si la junte ne revient pas sur son projet de renverser le régime démocratiquement élu, l'intervention aura lieu comme ça a eu lieu déjà dans plus de quatre pays. Il y a eu la Gambie, il y a eu le, la Côte d'Ivoire, il y a eu Sierra Leone, il y a eu le Libéria. Donc ce n'est pas pour la première fois que la CDAO va intervenir. Et j'aimerais profiter de votre antenne aussi pour dire à ceux qui pensent que c'est une guerre contre le Niger, ce n'est pas une guerre contre le Niger. De la même façon que le coup d'État n'est pas une opération militaire compliquée, le contre-coup d'État de la CDAO aussi ne sera pas une opération militaire compliquée ou bien une guerre contre euh, le Niger. Il n'y aura pas de guerre contre le Niger. La CDAO va intervenir et je peux vous assurer qu'il n'y aura aucune victime que ce soit civil ou militaire, ils vont abandonner leur projet. Ok. Uh, my colleague uh, Winston uh, Amoa is also listening in. Uh, Winston, you, you want to come in now to explain what he said? But uh, basically, um, uh, just just to you know break down some of the issues that uh, you know uh, the former chief of staff uh, has been uh, talking about, uh, he's making the point uh, basically that uh, in terms of the military intervention from ECOWAS, uh, we need to acknowledge the fact first of all that there is a framework or a legal regime under which ECOWAS operates. ECOWAS has a statute which binds all countries, and that statute permits uh, for the defense of the uh, dem democracy of all other countries. And so based on that, you know, uh, they believe that ECOWAS has the right to intervene, first of all, in, in the situation. There's a second point about precedence, and the point he's making about precedence is that ECOWAS has done that before by going into some other territories, by, of course, um, intervening in some uh, destabilization situations in the Sub region. Uh, so this is the reason for which they believe that ECOWAS does have, uh, you know, the right to go in. Um, so
So that's an interaction between my colleague Blessed Soga and the man who is supposed to be the chief of staff of Mohammed Bazoum, uh, Jibo Takobakoi Dauda, there interacting with Blessed Soga uh, because uh, we really uh, do not get everything that he's saying. We'll bring the full interview to you uh, with all the translations so that you can be a part of the interview. Please uh, do stay with us. This is Join News Prime. There's more when you log on to myjournalline.com. Beverly Broom comes up next with Joy Prime Business. Please do stay. Have a good evening. My name is John, and this is my long-time crush. My cookie dipped in strawberry yogurt. On this scorching hot afternoon on our way back from a long job hunt, we met this good Samaritan who offered us a ride. Six weeks later. Big night to Shania special wedding reception for her bride and groom. And there she is, my cookie, dipped in someone else's yogurt. Don't be like John. Who holds the mullah, calls the shots, play game by games, the easiest lottery to play and win. With phone numbers from 0 to 9 up to 3 times daily to become one of our daily lucky winners. Dial star 946 hash to play now. Or you can also play online at www.gameparkgames.com. Game Park is regulated by the National Lottery Authority. Now let me share my wildlife experience with you at Safari Valley Eco Park. Welcome to Safari Valley Eco Park. Our electric shuttle pulled up and in no time our tour began. We were surrounded by wildlife from the moment we entered the Eco Park. We were greeted by experienced tour guides who took us through orientation and how to better enjoy the experience. Watch these animals roam freely in their natural habitat undisturbed by our presence. We saw zebras, sable antelope, brown crane, mara, silky chicken, nalas, Shetland pony, and so many animals I just couldn't keep up. Our tour guides taught us so much about the wildlife, their behavior, and how to interact with them. I even fed them. We also went fishing on a man-made canal. Then we took a break to have lunch in this serene environment. All this amazing experience for this prize for adults, this prize for teenagers. It's a bargain. As the sun began to set, it was time to go back home, but not before dinner by the campfire. It's been a thrill of a lifetime, and I can't wait till my next visit. Safari Valley Eco Park, bringing you closer to nature. Hey, Charlie, welcome back. The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthometer and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. The business segment is brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Pack today.
Hello, good evening and welcome to Business here on Joy News Prime. I am Beverly Broom. Senior Finance Lecturer at the University of Cape Coast, Seram Kawa, is blaming Ghana's debt distress position on the reckless spending by government. According to the African Development Bank's 2023 West Africa Economic Outlook report, Ghana's external debt relative to the size of the economy of about 39.5% in 2022 is ranked as the sixth highest in West Africa. Speaking earlier on the marketplace, Mr. Kawo attributed the current state of Ghana's GDP to lack of accountability by government. That there is a lot of more, a lot of work for us to do as a country. We have touted ourselves as the gateway to Africa and one of the countries with uh, good policies and implementations, but. Being six in Africa in terms of debt to GDP ratio and having the average of more than 29.5% of that of West Africa um, tells us that there is a lot of work for our political leaders to do in terms of raising revenue, the use of uh, our natural resources to the benefit of Ghanaians. If we have Niger that have a coup and their debt to GDP is better than that of us, Ghana, uh, it's, it's a sad story that our leaders need to sit down. We need to re-strategize and ensure that the resources that we have at our disposal and any amount of money that we try to borrow, we use it to the benefit of the Ghanaian population. Government has no duty to make excuses for uh, for us or for them plunging us into debt distress. Um, we have not enhanced our corporate governance systems. There is no transparency and accountability that will ensure that monies that are borrowed are properly used efficiently and effectively in our country. And so. Uh, we also do not mobilize enough domestic revenue in order to augment the borrowings that we have done. We fail to promote our tourism sector. Now we are now talking about it. A lot of the monies have been spent recklessly, excuse my language. They have spent the monies recklessly without accounting for it. There is no value for the money. Government contracts in Ghana are overpriced. Once they are overpriced, we, we, we realize that uh, the money that we borrow, we have to uh, go back and pay for them. We, we go in for uh, dollar-denominated loans, so when the, uh, the currency depreciates, our currency, will all, the, the loans or the debts that we have will also have to go up. Yeah. It is high time, if these countries are doing it, and they are not facing crisis, Ghana as a country must also look at that. And once we are not doing it, we have no justification whatsoever we want to talk about. Banking consultant Dr. Rich Monetuahine has joined calls for the operationalization of the Financial Stability Fund. Commercial banks are making a strong case for the operationalization of the much-talked-about fund sustain their operations. Dr. Etiahini emphasized that the fund needs to be operationalized before the end of the year to help the banks shore up their positions for international businesses. Most of them are operating on negative capital. Negative capital. 
And the difficulty in negative capital is that your correspondent bank in overseas, whereas you do international trade, they look at you before they can even give you a credit line, before they can even tell you that establish your LC2 through us to go to your suppliers. Unfortunately, in the insolvency or the capital negative of the banks are not helping them to be able to do the international trade aspect of the business. Mm. And it's very, very critical that we take a second look at it and let us operationalize it quick before we get to maybe the end of the year. Because before the end of the year, then, then the auditors are going to do the calculations again and then it will possibly go down. Mm. So that is the reason why I believe they need to operationalize it. If whatever amount they have got, I'm told they have 500 and the World Bank in September is giving us 250. Mm. Immediately we should operationalize this and locate it to the, uh, alloc- alloc- allocate it to the, especially the domestic or the indigenous banks, mm. those who have no access to the, uh, the market. When I say market, those who can raise money on the stock exchange, they have started already. GCB recently said it was raising one billion, mm. and I believe it is okay for them. But what about these um, banks like the CBGs, the Prudentials, the Fidelities, and um, the, the Seek Omni? I mean, they need this money to be able to show their position as far as international businesses are concerned, and it's so important. Now, government has given the strongest indication it may consider an increase in the bust margin on petroleum products following the impressive performance of the bulk oil storage and transportation company, Bost. Bost posted a profit after tax of 342 million cities in 2022, compared to the net profit after tax of 161 million cities recorded in 2021. Speaking at the company's annual general meeting, Minister of Energy Dr. Matteo Pukupempe stated that the upward review of the bust margin in 2022 from 7 to 9 pesos per liter led to improved operational efficiency and has set the company on a trajectory for growth, hence an increase of the margin will be appropriate. Yes, more in this report. The man of Bost, Echo Hackman, stated that the impressive financial performance of the company is as a result of improved financing arrangements, more effective customer engagement and retention initiatives, as well as the prudent management of trading risks. Bost's operating income also increased by 69% from 254 million in 2021 to 428 million in 2022. This was on the back of a 77% increase in revenue from 1.12 billion Ghana CDs in 2021 to 3.1 billion Ghana CDs in 2022. Speaking at the company's annual general meeting, Minister of Energy Dr. Matthew Pukuprempe said the upward revision of the bust margin from 7 to 9 pesos per litre in 2022 has helped improve operational efficiency, leading the company on a trajectory for growth. To this end, the minister stated that he will advocate for an increase in the bust margin. In 2022, we increased the bust margin from 7 pesos to 9 pesos, and I advocate for it to go even higher. The benefits of BOST intervention should not be lost on us, but money given to BOST and given and targeted 
with the pitchforks to very good use. We did a lot of, facilitated a lot and commissioned a lot of major works. Out of this bus margin, we commissioned and operationalized the Termakosomo Petroleum product, I think is a pipeline. Completion of the Kumasi Rehabilitation Projects. Repair and commission of the three remaining tanks. Construction of the BRV Park at Accra Plains Depot. Completion of the Termakosomo Pipeline Fee. These transformations have led to improved operational efficiency and have set the company on a trajectory for growth. Meanwhile, revenue from oil product sales saw an increase of 387 percent in 2021 compared to 2022. Meanwhile, Executive Director of the Institute for Energy Security, IES, Nanamwesi the Seventh, has shut down moves to increase the bust margin from its current nine pesos per liter, arguing the timing is not right. Well, if you don't increase the bust margin just for um the share, I don't know, share for the farm increasing it. Mm. It must be tied to something, a project. And I've indicated already that you also must consider the timing um, that you want to do such um, an increase. For me, in future, I want to consider um, as a good time to place a levy for purpose of securing strategic fuel stock. Yes, of course, we can consider that. And we all know the purpose of strategic world stock. Mm. And if it can be handled well, then of course such a stock will inure to the benefit of consumers. And so um, the intent of the increase in margin must, must be clear and also the timing must be looked at. Now, the bulk oil storage and transportation company Bost has reiterated the relevance of the gold for oil program in the wake of the increasing prices of petroleum products at the pumps, insisting it has rather controlled the rate of increase. According to BOST, the recent price increase of petrol and diesel cannot be used as a measure to question the impact of the program on prices at the pumps. Managing Director of BOST, Edwin Provencal, argues the price increases of petroleum products is as a result of developments on the international market and not the gold for oil program. The gold for oil policy was a temporal measure that was put in place to deal with the inflationary pressures that uh, befell on us from last year. Um, the price build-up has two key components. One is the world market price and the other one is the forex. The gold for oil, as you can all see, has addressed the forex issue. But if the world market price keeps going up, there's not much gold for oil can do about that. So uh, I think that uh, if you look at the world market prices today, uh, it was almost the same as what it was in uh, November last year when petroleum prices was at 23 cities. But as you can see, petroleum prices are still at 13 points, uh, almost 13 cities. And that shows you that the gold for oil policy has really suppressed the inflationary pressures that would have arisen uh, as compared to uh, November this time. So the gold for oil policy is very relevant, it's still working, but know that it's a temporary measure to deal with this particular issue that Ghana in particular faces. 
Well, let's hear again from the executive director of the Institute for Energy Security, Nanamwisi the Seventh, who says the Gold for Oil program has not addressed the problem in the sector. First time I'm hearing that government uh, Gold for Oil program was a temporary measure. Uh, quite surprising to hear this because it is the same entity and the Ministry of Energy MPA who um, gave us all the hopes and projections that. Within the, next, within the first six months of the Go For Your program, um, both intervention in the market or the market share of product supply will set up to about 50%. And that is to say that they want to take control of the fuel supply market. But today, uh, we get to the indication that it's a temporary measure. Yes, probably they are seeing the shortcomings within the framework uh, because uh, today, both is not contributing more than 15% to the market. And as a matter of fact, its importation of products on, the, on account of uh, good for oil mm. is falling uh, every passing day. And we'll put out the data to show clearly that uh, good for oil program has not been able to address the problems we have today. In March uh, 2023, Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Uh, when the boss head office was uh, open, the minister, the, the vice president was president, uh, was present, and was clear to every Ghanaian that um, the price of 13 cities per liter that we were seeing is as a result of uh, the good oil program, and that price was going to fall uh, further. Today, we've gone past the 13 uh, uh, cities mark mm. for a liter, and uh, by next few weeks, we are sure to see price go up. Let's still stay on the extractive sector as stakeholders in the upstream oil and gas sector are making a strong case for the Ghana National Petroleum Corporation, GNPC, to remain relevant and efficient in the midst of energy transition across the globe. This call is critical as a survey by the Natural Resources Governance Institute indicates that many oil, oil companies are reducing investments in crude oil production. Speaking at the stakeholders' engagement on the survey, Senior Africa Programs Officer of the NRGI, Dennis Jairi, said time has come for the GNPC to leverage its capacity to explore other opportunities in the West African region to stay relevant. The survey involved 15 national oil companies in North Africa and Latin America. It examined the strategies adopted by the NOCs in responding to the energy transition, considering the varying sizes and orientations of these companies. The survey found that there are some level of investment going into energy transition and highlighted the need for local players to position themselves properly to benefit. 
Senior Africa Program Officer of the NRGI, Dennis Jayo, told Joy Business that Ghana's National Petroleum Corporation can explore other avenues to stay profitable. But what we are trying to say is that each NOC has to look at a range of possibilities that it can pursue. So NOCs such as uh, GMPC must look at the potential that they have in the country. Do you have a potential? So for instance, considering that Dangote refinery is already uh, uh, set up and is about to kick off, do you have that equal capacity to compete in the region? If you do not, what gaps are you seeing? Which niches are you looking at uh, taking advantage of? So for instance, we cited the issue of lithium. We have just discovered lithium. What can you do with lithium as a national oil company, given that lithium is very useful in the transition process? Do you have to go into refineries like Dangote is doing, given that you have different capacities and you may not be able to compete? So it is all about encouraging companies to take advantage of their local opportunities and reduce the risks that they, they will bear on the energy transition, both locally and regionally. Speaking on the energy transition concerns, Director for the NRGI, Nafi Chinri, said Africa is not doing much to avoid the impact of the new global trend. It is important to say that while some people may say that energy transition is a Western agenda, um, it is real. It also may be a Western agenda, but the point is that as countries like Ghana or Africa have done very little to shape the narrative around energy transition. And so we have to develop strategies around how we respond to narratives that are going to impact on our own development, on our own economies and our own development. The whole question around energy security is real. It also emerged from the survey that the GNPC has seen a marginal decline in expenditure on crude production. Eben Sabote's report for Joy Business. Now, LPG Marketers Association is warning that prices could go up again by the end of this month. It's coming after the product witnessed one of the biggest jumps compared to diesel and petrol during this first pricing window. According to the LPG Marketers, the projection is based on current development on the world market. Gabriel Kumi is the vice president of the Liquefied Petroleum Gas Marketers Association. The LPG saw the highest increase, but uh, LPG price has gone up between 15 and 20 percent this winter, compared to diesel and uh, diesel and petrol, which went up by about 78 percent. And the main reason attributed to this is, is the fact that the, the price of finished product on the international market of LPG had gone up by about 80 percent. And unfortunately, crude oil also saw a marginal increase in the price of crude oil over the past uh, two weeks. Uh, the city was able to gain some ground over the past two weeks, but unfortunately, uh, the ground that the city gained was not enough to offset the increase in the price uh, that we are witnessing in the international market. That is why LPG has gone up that much. Uh, what is the outlook um, after two weeks? What do you anticipate the market would look like? Is um, already uh, the price of this product in the national market of, of, of LPG has already shot up by uh, some some five percent, uh, which which means that uh, barring any uh, positive uh, outlook, the, the next window, which begins at the end of uh, this month on the first of September, we are likely to see 
another increment in the price of the object. Mm. And, and, and that, is, that is quite uh, bad for consumers. Now, managers of some hardware and general merchandise shops have been arrested at Wager in the Greater Accra region for non-compliance of value-added tax regulations and infractions. The arrest was made by the Ghana Police and the Ghana Revenue Authority. Modern Floor and EF's Cosmetics were among some of the shops that were closed. The move is to ensure that businesses adhere to tax laws. The facilities, namely Modern Floors Hardware, Kingston Company Limited, Cup of Joy Ventures, and East Wholesale Price, situated in the Wager Kaswa Enclave. The managers of these companies were arrested on various infractions and non compliance offenses, contrary to the Value Added Tax Act. Some of the offenses include non issuance and selective issuance of the Value Added Tax Invoice. The exercise, which is part of efforts by the Ghana Revenue Authority to promote voluntary tax compliance, will also monitor apprehended businesses to ensure compliance. Assistant Commissioner Joseph Annan is the core Regional Head of Enforcement at the GRE. They are all not doing the right thing per the VAT Act. So they've been arrested and they are going to the CRE will take their statements and then we also do our preventive assessment. We we'll demand that they pay immediately. And then we'll uh, refer them to our audit units for full audit to be conducted. Those that we have done in the past, we are going to visit every single one of them because the import of this exercise is to promote voluntary compliance. So we are going to visit every single taxpayer we have visited in the past starting from 2022, right, September, through to date, to know whether they are complying. And I pray that when we get to them, we expect them to do the right thing. He further asserted that the authority will begin clamping down on businesses which have defaulted in the payment of declared taxes. Now we are also going to go into our system to know whether when you declare, you pay. Because it's not just about test purchase. Test purchases will ensure that you issue the invoice when purchases are made. Then the next stage is for you to declare. Then when you have declared, we expect you to make payment. So we are going to go into our system and then fish out all those who are declaring and not paying. And even those who are not declaring. And then the appropriate action will be taken against them. Evelyn Mensa, the owner of Eve's Wholesale Price, cautioned businesses to ensure tax compliance. No, I, I didn't know. They only, they only come to me to take um, the money or sometimes we pay through the online. But they, nobody told me about any taxing. But um, yes, I am from here. I, I'm good. Well, I think that everybody, because now I think that everybody should go and issue... I mean, I don't know about it. If I know, I would have, you know, but it's, it's fine. It's fine. Do you understand? Everybody from now, I know that, yes, there should be a tax even on ice water or whatever it is. So, yes, I am going to the office and they will take me through and then I will learn from there. But- the Ghana Revenue Authority will continue to conduct random checks to ensure voluntary compliance of value-added tax. And that's how we wrap up business tonight. For more business news, you can log on to myjoyonline.com forward slash business. I am Beverly Broom. Razak Nusbao is next with Sports. Please stay.
business segment was brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. Okay. Okay. Is it the papa? Should I listen for you? It's okay, Grandma. You can drink it all. Oh, coffee. I brought plenty for you. Do you know that? Calipo, the natural fruit juice drink. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. For crystal clear and thrilling podcasts and live shows, download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Adum Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. We've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation. Oh no, we are out of range. Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alexa in my bag. Alex, what? Alexa, open multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio, Radio. Joy 99.7. Listen to Joy FM. Hits FM, Love FM, live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play and then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And you are back like you never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. in free land or property in this country should I buy a house or go through the building process if I should buy what are the critical stages and pitfalls if I should build how do I get started 
registration of land. Who can help me? Can I just draw my own plan and build? What are the steps in getting a building permit? Rising cost of building materials. Any any other options? These artisan square seems to be ripping me off my money. What, what can I do? For this and other building-related issues, join Emmanuel Owusu-Ansa on The Pyramid Show every Sunday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. on your favorite channel, Joy News Television. If this is Connect Africa with me, Blessed Sugan, welcome to our program. We have updates on the elections taking place in Sierra Leone. There had been some um, attack around the opposition's office, and this was because of, because they prematurely um, announced um, results, which both parties technically did. And what is the cost of political unrest in the West Africa sub-region? The preponderance of uh, you know uh, illicit activities resulting from easy access to, to small arms is, is causing a lot of havoc across the region. Five countries, how are you going to work with them? It is one of the few cases where we have the countries themselves agreeing to do it and calling on ECOWAS to act on their behalf. There is a DNA testing, the process of our DNA of our 17 students who were banned beyond recognition. So at the moment, there is some uncertainty. Some of the parents think, hey, is, it, uh, uh, is my kid part of those that were banned beyond recognition, the 17? Every human being has the right to a livable world. And to secure that livable world, all the rich nations and all the international financial organizations must transform the standard of doing business. Another welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbao. Let's start off at the World Athletic Championship where there is a breaking news and it's uh, on the Nigerian Toby Amusan, the reigning world 100-meter hurdles champion and record holder. She has been given the green light to compete at the upcoming World Athletic Championship set to begin this Saturday in Budapest, Hungary. Now, previously, the 26-year-old athlete faced charges of three whereabout failures, which uh, constitute an anti-doping rule violation for missing three out of competition tests within a 12-man period. Now, Amusen had contested this charge. Uh, recent news from the Athletics Federation of Nigeria has confirmed that Toby Amusen, the world record holder in the 100-meter hurdles, has been cleared of the charges. Consequently, uh, she will now proceed to Budapest to defend the significant gold medal she earned last year at the 18th edition of the championships. Now, uh, my colleague Fencho Tahiru, uh, Fencho has been following this story and joins me via Zoom for some more perspective on it. Fence, uh, thanks so much for joining us on Prime Sports. Uh, Toby will be uh, at Budapest. That's big news coming from the Nigerian uh, Federation there. Uh, what more can you share with us? Amazon. Absolutely. So uh, a statement was released from the Athletics Integrity Unit, which is the independent body that is tasked for managing, investigating and managing doping issues in the sport of athletics. And they set up an independent disciplinary tribunal to investigate 
the allegations that uh, Abusan missed three out-of-competition tests in the 12-month period, which automatically triggered the provisional suspension. Last month, when the suspension came, Amusan vowed to fight it with everything that she had, and she swore that she was innocent. Now, the significant thing you must know is that this disciplinary tribunal only found Amusan innocent by a majority decision, which means there were some members of that panel that thought that she was guilty. Now, um, they did also indicate that they would consider appealing the decision at the Court of Arbitration for Sport. For now, though, she's absolutely free to compete at Budapest 2023. And more importantly, she can now defend her world title that she won 12 months ago in Oregon in the USA. At that very competition as well, she set a new national, uh, in fact, not just a national record, a new world record in the event, 12.12 seconds. So she's one of Nigeria's biggest hope, if not the biggest hope, for another gold medal in this competition. And this is a significant development coming less than 48 hours to the start of the competition. But it's still very important because when Nigeria, Athletics Federation of Nigeria, presented their list for Budapest 2023, Amusan's name was omitted. And then World Athletics brought out its own registered athletes for the competition, and Amusan's name was in there with an asterisk on it, uh, which said, pending the outcome of this investigation. And now we know the result of that investigation. She's free to compete uh, in just about two days' time. I mean, Fetch, you've been following the athletes uh, and been interacting with them closely. Do you think um, uh, the decision coming about 48 hours at the start of the competition is going to affect her in any way at all? Yes, absolutely. I think when you are training without uh, any certainty of whether you're going to be clear to compete uh, or that you're going to be found guilty and not having to compete, that alone psychologically affects your training. It, it stops you from... Uh, timing yourself really well and making sure you peak at the right time. And that's just the physical part. Then there is a psychological part, which can be, which for most athletes is actually the biggest hurdle uh, to achieving great success. So um, as good news as this is, I think the build-up to this competition has been less than ideal for her. And I'm saying, um, even though she's had a really good, you know, last few months, leading to the day of the suspension, uh, she would be massively affected by this. And uh, apart from the psychological and physical part, there's also the issue uh, of, uh, you know, other athletes uh, and even fans uh, not entirely doing away with their own suspicions. So you, you're looking at the possible scenario where she's targeted and falsely accused of perhaps doping. So all of these things don't go well. And when these things happen, even colleague athletes don't necessarily like you that much because there is that inkling in them that you're probably cheating. But we have to be honest here and, and, and tell people and educate people that Amazon didn't actually fail a doping test. It's just that she missed three doping tests. And she's contesting. She's claiming that they never came to her to test her three times and didn't find her. So she's contesting the whereabout ruling um, while the uh, athletic body, WADA, is also saying you're supposed to have been tested three times uh, out of competition in the last 12 months. 
Uh, and three times in the last 12 months, we've tried to test you and we haven't found you. That's what really has happened. Mm. And she's saying, no, that's not true. You haven't tried to find me and haven't found me. Mm. So it's not a case that she was found guilty of actually, uh, uh, you know, using any banned substance whatsoever. So uh, there is that perception mm. also from other athletes and even fans of the sport and other officials of the sport that could kind of alienate her. So psychologically, this is a really big deal. But we have seen other athletes come from a similar bands in the past and have come to do well at these competitions. Justin Gatlin actually failed a doping test and he, he, well, he won the world championships in 2017. He won gold medal. Um, there was also the case of even Christian Coleman. He won the world championship uh, gold medal in the 100 meters in 2019. And then a few uh, I, I think a year later after that, he was banned for the same reason that uh, Amusan was suspended. He was banned for failing three out-of-competition tests. Mm. And then he came back, of course, in Oregon in 2022, and, uh, and he still competed. Mm. That didn't go according to plan uh, for him. He didn't win gold, but he still came there and competed and got a medal. So you're looking at Incidents where people have survived, which is currently going through and have gone on to do well, mm. but you cannot dismiss the apparent effect that this can have on an athlete of a caliber. And the 100 meter hurdles is probably the most competitive field, and I'm talking about the women mm. at this championship. Because in this season alone, leading to the competition, each of the four top contenders have beaten each other at different competitions. Mm. There's Camacho Queen, uh, who is really good at this event. She won silver at the last competition behind Amusan when she won gold. Mm. Uh, she's beating Amusan a few times in season. There's Kendra Harrison, uh, the American. She uh, was the previous record holder in this event. It's her record that... Uh, Abusan actually beat in 2022 in Oregon. There's Nia Ali, that's the 2019 champion. She shocked the field at the U.S. trials to win the U.S. championship. Mm. And she's heading into the competition, running her fastest time yet. And she took a break to go and have two children. And mm. she's come back and she's running like never before. And then there's Abusan herself, of course, uh, who is the record holder in the event and the defending champion. So it's going to be a really, really tough field. Um, and, and certainly most people should be excited that Amusan is not thrown back into the mix of that 100 meter hurdles. Well, we'll see how she fares when the competition starts on Saturday. That's Fentil Tahiri Fentil uh, with uh, Joyce Vosdex. Uh, we'll keep uh, tabs on the story and bring you up to speed on what uh, happens in terms of later development. But uh, let's talk about Ghana's contingent now because they have arrived at the World Athletics Championship uh, in Budapest, Hungary, and of course for the competition which. Uh, begins on Saturday, the August 9th. Now, Team Ghana did arrive on Wednesday evening after completing their training camp in France ahead of the championship. Now, Ghana has entered to compete in three events, women's long jump, men's 200-meter, and men's 4-by-100-meter relays. Now, the contingent of six athletes comprises Joseph Paul Amwa, James Darcy, Isaac Butchou, Edwin Gadai, Raymond French, and Deborah Aqua. Here's uh, Team Ghana's leader, of delegation and president of Ghana Athletics, uh, Bar Fuseni, on what the target for the team is at Budapest. Two set of goals. We are praying to go to finals first so that we'll book our ticket for Bebedos next year, well okay. released. Okay. That will also propel it to the Olympic Games. Okay. When, we've, when, we ha when we get a ticket to Bebedos, then we'll not plan to wear the medal performance. Good. 
our ultimate goal is to be in Paris 2024. So first, we need to go to the finals. After the finals, then we'll plan for the medal goal. Because if we don't go to the finals, it will be difficult for us to qualify for the baby doors. And if we don't go to the baby doors, so it will be difficult for us to go to, the, uh, to go to the Paris Olympic Games. So the first thing we are planning to get into is to get to the finals. We get the finals, the coaches will plan for the medal. Azamati is not there. Yeah, but we have a pretty good team now. Look at all the team. They run 10-0-4, 10-0-3, 10-0-3, 10-0-3. One went to Aragon, we're doing nine. No, no, nine. no. We, we, we're, we're, we're doing sub-10. We're, we're doing sub-10, but proud to that. They were not repeating that time. So this team is more potent than the team we took to uh, Oregon. Collectively, not, not individually. Yeah. Collectively, it's stronger than the Oregon team. Well, they also touched on what the country needs to do to guarantee medals, especially at the Olympic Games. The issue is not only the infrastructure. The issue is funding. And we are going to work with the state to get the funding sorted. We have the athletes, we have the coaches, all what we are needing, or what we needed now to get the Olympic medal is just the funding. I said it earlier in the year that if you get between $500,000 in a year for the next 60 years, we are going to bring a medal. Our athletes have just, are just there. What they need is financial support. Could you, could you imagine Dazi go to America within, uh, within one season? He did. 19.7979. 79, yeah. In 200 meters. 200 meters. If he had run that thing at Eugene, that, that could have earned him. And that, yeah, that, oh, that, was, that was a podium. Yeah, that was a podium performance. Yeah, that was a podium run. Yes. So if we support him, at least if the state can give, give you $20,000 a year to prepare himself for the next four years, this guy can win. This guy can make a Olympic medal. As a mighty. Joe Paul, Samini, Dazi, uh, uh, Rose, there are a lot of them. Yeah, what, what, what we just need is financial support of this athlete. Baba, as CEO, if you are not able to help your president to raise this kind of money, what should you as president you can raise the money? No, no, no. As CEO, you don't call the shots. You're only waiting for somebody to give instruction to operate. If you're going to jump that, so he did that thing with that. But you can advise. No, you, you can advise. The, it's, it's an advice. The advice, either they take it or he take it or he leave it. But as a president, you have the obligation to fund the money. You have the obligation to, uh, to make your, 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 your executive to believe in your vision. That's what we call effective leadership. You need to make your executive to believe in what you are telling them, to believe in what you are saying, to believe in the policy that you are implementing. So if there are edges, if there are rough edges, they will support you to, uh, to smoothen that edges up. Then you proceed. And I can tell you, we will get the money, we will get the medals in the Los Angeles Olympic Games. Just imagine if you are able to keep these four athletes, give them $20,000 a year for the next four years, as a mighty Joe Paul, James Dazzy, Boshio, Samini. Yeah. Whoever comes to join can come and join. And there's Edwin Gadai, we have French, get the 45. And we have 245 currently in Ghana here. If we can get this four, five athletes and get the four, four, the 400 meter four athletes, get the ladies to give them $20,000 a year for the next four years. Do you think what they can do? 
Just like how the Australians are doing. Yeah. They're not doing anything different. Yeah. The Olympic level athletes, they give them $20,000 a year. Till the next four years. So they won't bother to go and work. They so won't take years, up $80,000 dedicated it, 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 for each athlete. To each, each athlete. And they'll bring with the medal. Away from that, uh, the former Ghana Football Association Communications Director, Sani Dara, has thrown his way behind Kertu Kriku in the association's presidential election slated for next month. According to him, Kurt, who is seeking a second term, has stabilized Ghana football and must be supported to rise to the highest level of football leadership in the world. To support Kurt, not just because he's, he has been my childhood friend, uh, but because he has demonstrated that he's capable of doing the job. And I think that at this moment, it must not be a Ket Okreku project. It must be a Ghana project. First of all, the entire West Africa region has accepted that Ket is a good leader. So they've made him their leader. As a country, it's important that we observe these things and see that if one of us is climbing the ladder onto the, the table of the big men uh, of world football, we must also be seen, not only privately, but publicly supporting that vision. I think there are a few people who are still hurt from the last elections that you know, we should bring on board. Everybody must come on board. It's a family. It's not a political party. The Ghana Football Association is the one uniting factor for all Ghanaians. And we, the first members of the family, must show this unity. We must come together. If you feel you've been hurt by this or that, I think it is the time for us to bury all the hatchet. From the president of the FA himself, from all the parties, the interested parties, let's come together as one Ghana and move the country forward. We have started well. You know, they say, um, you know, every complex system is bound to fail at a point. But the best measure of an effective system is how fast it recovers. And we have shown this recovery. Ghana football has recovered from the Anas um, episode. We've qualified for the World Cup. We are playing very well. Our league is growing. We have got the opportunity. We are seeing that there are signs of growth. And there's growth. The fact that we are even able to qualify for the World Cup alone is a big statement. We must continue on this trajectory and make Ghana football great. Thank you. Now, let's head to Saudi Arabia, where Neymar has hailed the influence of Cristiano Ronaldo uh, on the Saudi Pro League after his own recent move to the Middle East. Now, following the completion of his recent move to Al-Hilal, 31-year-old uh, forward Neymar has insisted uh, a lot is owed to Al-Nasser forward Ronaldo for his influence in the recent growth of football in Saudi Arabia. He's been speaking to the club's media. Okay. Ciao. 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 
that uh, Neymar interview uh, pretty uh, later in our bulletins over there. But let's get to England now. And Manchester United defender Rafael Varane has been speaking and uh, saying that he fears fixture congestion, quote, shorten his career and will only get worse when the Champions League format is introduced. According to him, players are complaining because they want the best for football. I was very disappointed because um, once again, um, if I've been FIFA, doesn't uh, listen and ignore the players' union. So we just want a relationship with them and uh, and connect because I think um, we have a, a central um, place in that sport. So we want the best for for football and uh, I think um, we need to talk with them and um, build the football together. I think uh, build the future and. Uh, we need that uh, relationship. Do you worry maybe long term your career might not be as long as you would have hoped because you are burnt out? Yeah, maybe for me and um, maybe for the, the future generation. So more intensity, more games um, Yeah, with the new format of Champions League. Especially for players who play uh, international games and uh, European competition. Yeah, the schedules is uh, overload. So. Yes, we need to, to find some solution, especially for fans, to, to get the possibility to, to watch the best players and um, with the best quality on the pitch, with the, the same intensity and, uh, and passion and, and emotions. That's why we, we love football, because we feel that that's emotion. Now and midfielder Declan Rice says he isn't the finished article yet, despite his hundred million pounds price tag. Now, according to him, being an Arsenal is the right club to take him to the next level. I'm honestly seeing the game in a completely different way. Already, four weeks. I, I, I promise you. Like, I'm not just saying it. I'm seeing, the, I'm seeing the game in a completely different way. Like. You see me now. I can't. I can't describe you're it. You're going to yeah. smile. You're laughing. You're so happy, like a Cheshire cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I just can't describe it. Like just the stuff that I'm seeing, and like just that I'm a part of it. You know, tactically. Like, and, yeah, just yeah, tactically on the ball, off the ball. Like I'm just happy that you know I'm learning so much. You know, I've been having like extra meetings with like few assistants. Spoke with the manager a few times. You've been asking for the meetings. Ask, yeah, yeah, asking questions, going over things. Even things like the set pieces here, like just in terms of the finer details they go into, I can feel it. I've taken a big step in terms of everything starting to click. Yeah, that, yeah, it's starting to click. People would assume £105 million, you go in, finished article, it's done. It's almost again, I'm starting to learn again, yeah, like 100%. I think the first bit you said there, 105 million, whatever it was, people are going to be going, he doesn't know football, what you bought him for that? Yeah. But, Look, every manager's got different philosophies, different mm. styles. You know, if we was to go sign someone else who'd been at another club, guaranteed he'd come in and be blown away as well. Mm. Like, it's, it's totally different. Like you said, and I always said from my move from West Ham, that I always known I've got more levels to go to. You only get one career. I'm, I'm only 24. I just felt like it was the right time to move, to go and experience new things, to go and learn, you know, to, to put myself out there. And I feel like here already... I had the feeling in my gut all along, but 100% made the right decision. Do you well, that's all we have for you on Prime Sports tonight. Umira Zakmus Bao, up next is BM Express.
is to stay. Sports segments was brought to you by Mentor DBS Industries to you. Let's go to DBS Industries.